Good morning, brothers and sisters in Christ. It's good to be with you this morning. Um, yes, I am recording this from my house uh, because as we know each and every day, we don't know what a day may bring. And my day brought me this morning waking up and throwing my back out. So uh, you all have been gracious enough to work with me to be able to record this. Uh, this is Saturday, so um, so I can still at least uh, bring a word to you this morning as I was very much looking forward to do. So, so thank you for your grace and understanding and, and uh, God is present here with us uh, no matter what. He is timeless and, and always with us. So we praise him for that. And, and I pray that, that uh, all of you know his peace uh, and grace uh, through Christ. So, so this morning uh, we heard from Mark 11 and we'll uh, Mark 12, excuse me, and we'll, we'll get into that here in a few minutes. But interesting, as I was thinking about uh, my beginning in ministry, and, and many of you there at Spring Creek uh, know me, you know, I was born and raised there, and um, I really got my call through Spring Creek. Uh, but uh, as I went out to seminary at Bethany and really got my start, at Oakland Church out there right out of seminary and you know you're young and, and inexperienced and this is my first pastor and I think wow you know Oakland was a good congregation and that this is going to be great you know it's going to be uh, fields of flowers and, and unicorns forever on now uh, as I'm a pastor you know some Norman Rockwell image painting, you know, that we see everything perfect. So I began, and, and as I began, something happened. People showed up. People showed up. And I say that with a smile, because certainly I say every day that, that you know, we are wonderfully made, beautifully made each of us by God and uh, grateful for the life that we have. Each of you are uniquely gifted. Uh, and so we praise God for that. But we know that we are human beings and can be messy sometimes. <laughs> Things aren't always perfect in our lives and certainly not in the church. Uh, so we know, uh, you know, that it's with all that's happening in life and in our lives, the things that we're focused on, so many of the responsibilities that we have, the cares of the world, so much to accomplish each and every day, um, so many ways perhaps that the culture around us has influenced us, uh, that we know we can sometimes get distracted from what is most important in our lives, and that is our relationships. Our relationships. So we must ask ourselves uh, always and every day as individuals and as the church, what is most important in your life? What is most important in your life? Yeah, so I think it's safe to say that uh, for the past four months or so, um, has caused us to think about some of these things uh, with COVID-19 dealing with all those challenges that, that we've all faced. 
uh, reminds us certainly of our frailty, our vulnerability as human beings. Uh, and as we've had to lock ourselves uh, inside and doing all these things, it's made very clear for each of us uh, how God has truly made us. And that is to be in relationship, in relationship with him and in relationship with one another. And so I absolutely miss being with all of you in person. And then, of course, we know with all the, the racial um, issues that are happening around us, uh, it's another way we can clearly see, at times, the breakdown in our relationships, where we sometimes have a lack of understanding, willingness to listen, to be open, to open ourselves up to those who are different. But the bottom line for all of us as human beings is that we need the same things. Love, acceptance, which comes through our relationship with God through Christ and with one another. So what is most important in your life? You see, because that's a question, um, it's one of those pesky little questions, as I call it, uh, that you can't hide from. You know, you can say, I can say that, you know, this thing or that thing, this value or whatever is, oh, yes, this is most important in my life. But what you do every day, the choices you make every day will speak loud and clear as to what really is most important in your life. So the question is, are there times in our lives that we elevate other things above our relationships, our relationship with God and others? What are those things for you? And more than even personally, we know that we can do that sometimes even within the church. So let's jump into the scene uh, we heard from, from Mark. And so I want to back up to Mark 11 uh, before uh, the words we heard this morning. Jesus enters into Jerusalem and the crowds are singing their hosannas as they welcome him in. And the next day, then Jesus goes to the temple and he sees how they've turned the temple into a business, uh, begins driving out all those who are buying and selling and changing money. Of course, that doesn't sit very well with uh, the chief priests and the teachers of the law. So we hear in Mark 11, verse 28, they begin to ask, they ask Jesus, by what authority are you doing these things? They start questioning Jesus' authority. You know, who gave you this authority? Who made you the boss, Jesus? Right? Who anointed you king? When in reality, they were just worried about protecting their own authority. So then in Mark 12, uh, Jesus goes right into the parable of the tenants, uh, speaking about his rejection uh, by the Pharisees. And we hear in verse 12, it says, Then they looked for a way to arrest Jesus, because 
they knew that he had spoken this parable against them. They want to put an end to all of this. Yet, ironically, they were too worried even about that, about what everyone else thought about them to even do that. Then in verse 13, we see they try to catch Jesus in his words. Uh, we never hear these things right today uh, in our political world. You know, they ask Jesus a political question to try to trap him. Uh, you know, should we pay taxes to Caesar or not? All just a way to try and trip him up. And in verse 18, well, I don't hear this either in the church these days. They try to catch Jesus in a tough theological question. Uh, they come and ask Jesus this whole convoluted question about who will be whose wife in heaven. Yet they didn't even understand the truth themselves. Jesus says, are you not in error because you don't know the scriptures or the power of God? All this happens in one long interaction. They question Jesus' authority. They try to arrest him try to catch him in a political question, trap him theologically. I mean, what's going on? One after another, they come after Jesus, and one after another, they are put in their place by him. Until finally, finally, the teacher of the law brings it all into focus with his question of Jesus. Okay, Lord, we have heard all of this, of all the commandments, of all the things we're hearing, which is the most important? You see, in the midst of all that noise and all that emotion, all the pride, here stands Jesus and the teacher of the law, not only speaking the truth to one another, but living it out in, right in front of this whole mess. What's most important? Jesus says it. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Because we all, we all have things that we hold important in our lives. And those are good. Uh, there are many good and important things in our lives, absolutely. But there is none more important than the great commandment. Because as Jesus said, when we truly live into that and out of that, everything else then will follow and fall into place in our lives. So even though there are many important things in this world to know and to do. We must always be careful not to raise those up higher than God's command to love, which is our whole selves given to him and his purposes, which he has shown us in Christ. See, when we are in love with God, and we are transformed by him through Jesus Christ, we will want 
to please God with our lives. Everything we do will be for the purpose of pleasing God and doing his will. See, when you say it that way, and the truth of that, it really changes the game a bit. I like how uh, Eugene Peterson says it in his uh, paraphrase in the message uh, from Romans. It says, so here's what I want you to do, God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings out the best of you, develops well-maturity, well-formed maturity in you. God's word from Romans. Keep that central in your life and in your walk with God. Because we know uh, that we don't always do well when we get off focus. Um, I saw an article, uh, a Wall Street blog. I was looking through news and, and the Wall Street blog reviewed uh, some of the greatest product blunders uh, by different companies in recent times. And all basically at the result of losing focus on what they do best, their purpose. For instance, um, consider the Colgate kitchen entree lineup. Uh, you know, the toothpaste people uh, first introduced in 1982. For some reason, Americans didn't associate pre-prepared frozen foods and meals with the name Colgate. Then, of course, there's Harley-Davidson's uh, unfocused ventures into cologne and wine coolers and aftershaves. Of course, they all bombed. You know, I wonder what, what, what did the aftershave and cologne smell like? Um, I wonder. 1979, Clairol came out with a touch of yogurt shampoo, which, of course, caused some confusion as some people started eating their shampoo for breakfast. What a shock. Or um, consider Frito-Lay's uh, 2005 step into the lip balm industry. Uh Cheetos, I like Cheetos. I don't really eat much anymore, but I like Cheetos. And of course, been a popular snack for, for many years. Uh, but for some reason, Cheetos-flavored lip balm didn't quite catch on with customers. Maybe some probably liked it, but not a real success. Just examples of losing focus on what someone does best. 
what is most important. What is most important in your life? What do you want more? How about in the life of the church? May it be our one true God and the love that he has shown, which then pours out to others. So God showed us what his love is all about in Christ, coming to love us, to love the world, to save it, not to condemn it, showing us that our neighbor is each one of us on any given day, even that person I really don't feel like bothering with. Because as Romans tells us elsewhere, Jesus came to us while we were yet sinners, enemies of God, to save us. He loved us first, and he showed us what love is. Walking with us in our fallen world, in our fallen state, in our mess, all the way. You know, I was thinking about this. Um, can you imagine? Can you imagine, you know, as Jesus was here on this earth, and, and of course he was here, and he, he felt the pain, he felt the emotion, uh, but, but he never sinned, but seeing all the mess around us, uh, how messy we are as a people. Can you imagine one day Jesus said, you know what, you know, you really are a lost cause. You guys really are a mess. I'm out of here. I'm done with this. I'm going to go back to my father in perfection in heaven. Imagine if he did that. But no, thank God he didn't. He stayed. He walked with us. He didn't turn his back on us. He walked with us all the way to the cross, to his own death for our sake, that we all might be transformed in him. That is our example. That is who we are called to be to one another within the church and to the world. Doesn't mean we accept everything, all things as good and okay, because not all things are. <laughs> there are many things that are not. But loving each other enough that I want to walk with you so that each of us might be transformed in Christ. I've been working hard at fostering our relationships uh, within the, the district because uh, I found that, that well, I don't know that we've done the best job with that over recent years. Um, we've kind of become more independent as congregations. Um, and we know for some, not all, for some, uh, our differences right now in the church have driven us apart. Um, and it's certainly not pointing a finger anywhere at anyone other to myself and asking God, what am I called to do and to be in all of this, always in my life as we go forward together? So, so what do we do right now? Well, I'm still a fan of the three deacon questions that uh, 
Well, back in the day, years ago, when the deacons went to all the members' homes before Love Feast, uh, deacons would go and then ask three questions of each member uh, just uh, to see where they were in their walk with Christ and, and in the church. Uh, and I think there's still very, very good questions for us to ask. Um, first, the first question is, are you still in the faith of the gospel as you declared at your baptism? How is your walk with Christ, your commitment to Christ? Where do you, where do I need to repent and humble ourselves that he might do his good work within us? The second question is, are, as far as you know, in peace and union with the church? If not, what do you need to do today? To work on that. And the third question, uh, one I just think is super critical to for us, significant for us right now in the life of the church. Uh, will you still labor with the brethren for an increase of holiness, both in yourselves and others? Will you still work together at this? Because that names the fact, the truth, that none of us have perfectly arrived in our walk with Christ. None of us have it all together. And so it's together that we need to work at this for the sake of one another and to glorify Christ in the world. As we live in the grace and truth of Jesus Christ, I'm thankful. I'm thankful for his church to know that his love is steadfast, even as we waver. There's so much to do in his name. May we continue to be his faithful servants. Pray without ceasing. Love without conditions. As Apostle Paul wrote to the Ephesians and expressed, so well our praise to him now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us to him be the glory through christ jesus and the church throughout all generations forever and ever amen blessings to each of you, uh, may you be blessed this week as you go. Be, give him the glory in all that you do. Uh, may there, each person as you walk through this world have no doubt what is most important in your life. And that is your relationship with God through Christ and one another. Amen.